This is the Self-Help Place podcast, the show that provides real self-help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Self-Help Place podcast. This is episode 18, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to be and how not to be productive. So, first of all, what does it mean to be productive? Well, I have the definition of productive from the Cambridge Dictionary, and to be productive means, or the word productive means resulting in or providing a large amount or supply of something. And the second explanation is, or definition even, uh, is having positive results. So, of course, so it's a mix of a large amount of something being supplied in a positive way. So let's take that first definition there. So it's producing or providing a large amount or supply of something. So over the years, particularly in Western society, we've had different ideas of what it means to be productive or should I say how to be the best and the most productive we can be. Now, from my own experience and also from what I've seen, it seems that, you know, over history, we've had this idea that quality is the same as quantity. So, as mentioned in the definition, it's producing a large amount of supply of something being productive. So we think, okay, well, quantity must mean quality because that's being productive, is producing a large amount of something. So therefore, we've kind of translated that to the longer we work or the more hours we put in, the more we get out of it. But we're actually starting to realise in, you know, over this century that that's not really the case. In fact, we're starting to find that less is more when it comes to productivity. It's about managing time. There's so many factors involved in productivity, which we're going to go through today. So in today's episode, I'm first of all going to start with how not to be productive, because I feel more often than not, and this is myself included, we do things that we think make us more productive, but actually end up leading us to the negative side effects of trying to be productive in an unhealthy way. So I'm going to start with that. Once we've got those out the way, I'm going to move on to how to be productive. And productivity is a lot about working smarter rather than harder. Of course, hard work is, you know, it's the it's the butter and the bread of productivity. But there are ways to make your work into like a cleaner process. And this is this a lot of this comes from my own experience. You know, again, this is something I have done I've made all the pitfalls with productivity. I've I've had burnout. I've worked too hard. I've worked too little. And I, I think I found pretty much right now a very good balance of everything in my life. And it's something I will carry forward now for the rest of my days. I think I've got that technique down. But it also not just comes from me. This comes from, I've read innumerable articles titled Habits of Highly Successful People, which I don't always, I always take with like a pinch of salt. But they always have a very common theme. So I'm going to talk about that today. So without further ado, let's start with the the no-nos, if you like, of trying to be productive. Right, so the very first, and I would say biggest pitfall to avoid with being productive, is stop trying to be productive for the sake of it. So to explain, that sounds a bit weird because the title of this is how to be and how not to be productive. But stop trying. And what I mean by that is this. 
in our society and our cultures, particularly Western culture, we have this always switched on mentality. You know, we have cities that run 24-7. We're always productive. We're always working on things. You know, we're we're quote-unquote hustling, having side hustles, things like that. We're always switched on. But the problem is we don't have as much of a culture about stopping and resting. And as we'll go on to into how to be productive... The um, the other side of the same coin of productivity is knowing how to stop, knowing how to rest. That is absolutely key. So just to explain that a little bit further. So like I said, as we have a society that's always switched on, and particularly as I'm recording this, it's currently the uh, COVID-19 global pandemic. We're currently in lockdown here in the UK. Um, there's this there's this kind of thing where we all have this extra time. We have this extra time now and we have to we have to just make use of it. Like, oh, are we going to learn a new skill? And like, you see people on your Facebook wall and they're all learning new stuff or they're doing new stuff or they're baking, making music, blah, blah, blah. Like, and all of a sudden there's, there's that kind of societal pressure to be doing something. And that's regardless of the lockdown. It's just a bit more amplified in this lockdown because we're all becoming aware of how you know, how many people think we need to be productive and how we feel the pressure from ourselves to be productive. So what happens is the real pitfall here is that we feel that pressure to be productive with our spare time. So we end up being productive for the sake of being productive. And we end up just trying to do things we don't really enjoy doing, but we're just doing it because we feel we need to. And it's totally backwards. I mean, there's just no, there's no reason to do that. Because how you spend your free time is entirely down to you. No one has any say on how you spend your free time. But if you let, like, friends, family, um, or other people, you know, people who don't have your best interests at heart even, uh, like society in general, that if you let them tell you that you need to be more productive and therefore you just feel terrible and you have to be productive, I mean, it's, it's like you... You, you're doing it for them. You're not doing it for you. Like, where, where do you come into any of this? So that's very important to remember because then you end up being put off, quote-unquote, productivity. And you just, when you even hear that word, oh, time to be productive, you're like, oh, no, no. Because it's stuff you don't want to do. And the key thing is productivity comes naturally when you find what you want to actually do. You know, when you actually have a clear goal, which is something we'll move on to when we come on to how to be productive in the right way. So if you're sat there, even during the pandemic, um, the lockdown, and you're thinking, oh, um, I should be doing this. That's the, that's the key, key dangerous word there. I should be doing this. I should be going for a walk. I should be reading this book. I should be learning this skill. I should be listening to a podcast. You, might, you may, who knows, you may even say, I must listen to one of these self-help place podcasts. Don't. I will happily even say that. Don't. Don't pressure yourself into listening or to reading or to learning any skill. That That's the thing. So first of all, to start with, just be aware of it. You know, it, you might be in that situation where you feel pressured to do something and that, that's okay. Just know that that's an external influence and even can be an in, internal influence. So, but that that's the thing. Just realize that you don't have to be productive. Be productive if you want to be, you know, that if you have a goal in mind, you want a new career or you just want to learn a new skill or things like that. The first, So ask yourself that first. Am I being wanting to be productive because I feel I should? If you do, don't bother. Look, just clear that out, throw that out of your head, start again with what you want, which is something I'll go on to later as well. So that is the first pitfall to avoid. 
Okay, pitfall number two, which is something I personally have fallen into many, many times. Try not to overplan your day. That is a very, very key thing. It's very good to feel, to get your calendar out and say, right, I'm going to spend two hours a day doing this. So I'm going to, I've got, you know, I, I want to do this and this and this and, and plan this specifically between those times. Plans, what well, I think I heard, I can't remember who said this now, but I heard um, someone say, plans are just a list of things that could go wrong. So, and I want to transform that into, you know, plans are a list of things that are just very loose. You know, you you make a plan to get an idea of what you want to achieve. Don't get me wrong, you know, you can stick to a solid plan, but what I'm saying, the pitfall here is planning so meticulously that you have no room either side. And what it it looks a little something like this. If you do if you can't if you don't know if you're over planning, this is what it feels like. You wake up in the morning and you're rushing for your breakfast because you woke up two minutes later than you're supposed to, and you know you've got to start at a certain point. Now, there may be some people who are more inclined to do that than others, but this applies to everybody, you know. Um you end up just stressing out the whole time. And yeah, you might feel a bit proud of what you've done and you might have got a lot done, but it's not a long-term strategy because what starts to happen is you get overworked. And it that looks like, I mean, I have a whole other podcast uh, episode on are you overworking? So have a listen to that as well. It shows you the signs and symptoms of overworking. But just to briefly touch on it here, um, you start like for me, for example, I start to notice that I start to lose a little bit of interest in things I normally enjoy. So after a day, I might go play a game or watch something on YouTube. And it's just... I just and it's not it's not like not enjoying it as in like oh just you know I'm I'm bored of this it's more of a I I used to enjoy this but now I just feel so drained of energy I can't do it and it's it's hard when you're always switched on and putting your plans are meticulous it's very hard to like stop and realize how how tired you actually are and then when you finally give yourself that permission to stop you are so tired like you'd spend a day in bed because you just you've just overdone it and that is um that is a pitfall the the pitfall of over planning leads to that exhaustion and that burnout um so just be careful with planning plan so far as to get an idea of what the goal needs to be so it's about finding a balance which balance is something we'll mention um it's just finding that way of planning there, you know what you're doing at certain, well, throughout the day, but, you know, you might have a day where you just don't, you're not feeling it, or you might have a day where you're just busy, or you're spending time with friends and family, which is more important, by the way, may I add, you know, um, it's more important than trying to stick to a calendar all the time. So don't let your calendar rule you. And that's something I used to do countless times. And it, it's it's it was a habit for me and I had to get out of it. So if you are in that habit, work your way out and realize again, don't take it so seriously. You all will make progress every day if you just do a bit, but do just you can only do what you can as a human being. So just avoid over planning. Okay, and the final pitfall I want to mention is the pitfall to avoid is not having clear goals of what you actually want to do. Now, there's a really, really good technique I'll tell you about a little bit later on. I may have mentioned it in a podcast. I have a very, very ha- bad habit of repeating myself. So forgive me if I have, if any any returning listeners, 
Um, but otherwise, it's a, it's a good technique to show you how to make the best use of your time and set goals in the right way. Um, but again, a pitfall is not setting clear goals. And what can happen is you could be super on time management. You could be great and making loads of progress. But if you don't have a clear goal in mind, what starts to happen is you just lose a bit of interest. It just starts to go, what am I doing this for? You know, why, why am I doing all this? And, you know, and what have I actually achieved? Because I actually can't look back at the last three weeks of what I did because I just kind of shoved it in my brain and I actually have no idea how much I've done. And you start to feel a bit deflated and it starts to put you off a bit. And then what starts to happen is you start to not really want to do it and then you start missing, like not doing something for weeks at a time and then you feel awful for it and then it just has that cycle. So you have to make achievable goals now you'll probably hear this all about in school and in in your workplace about smart goals and all that kind of thing um i mean it's there for a reason you know goal setting is a very good thing it doesn't sadly it's i mean at least in my mind it's got a bit of a corny reputation reputation not reputation reputation now because i've just heard that so many times set smart goals set smart goals set this and that but there is a reason when you really internalize that it's you know well it's smart it's specific measurable under pressure now i'm gonna remember all these um specific measurable achievable yeah that's the next one realistic and timely so you see all those things are very you know, that's that's how you should set a goal. It has to be realistic. It has to be, well, specific. It has to be measurable. You have to be able to measure the, uh, well, the sort of time frame, if you like. Um, it has to be achievable, obviously. I mean, I say obviously, I, you know, me and people I know, we all, we all do. We all set goals with just a bit too much. And then it just constantly feel terrible because you can't do it and you feel like a failure. Um, realistic, again, comes under that category, in my opinion. And also timely, just making sure it's not like, oh, produce this brand new thing you've never tried before in two hours. Like, it's just, there's just some things that are not going to happen, even for the most skilled person. So, again, something we'll come on to later on. But I want to start with these pitfalls because um, a lot of the time when you're looking into how to be productive, a lot of the time it's because you try to be productive and something's gone wrong. So if you've hit any of those three pitfalls, you're not alone. You know, this is very, very common. Um, something I've I've done, I've done all three of those um, and it's not pleasant and it doesn't feel pleasant at the end of it. But once you find that, it's like I said, it's all about balance. Once you find that balance of being productive and it'll be slightly different for every single person, then it'll just be rewarding and you'll see yourself grow and life will be good. Right, now the pitfalls are out of the way. Let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Uh, let's get on to how the right way of being productive. And again, this comes from, you know, Myself, I'm a I'm a professional musician, so I've gotten to that level of uh, practice and training over the years, where I've gotten to a level where I can get paid for my craft. Um, you know, I'm I'm a student web developer. I run this podcast. I I do acting classes. I manage my time throughout the week. It hasn't been easy. It's not easy, but I've I've, I've fine tuned my own way, and I've generalized it to make it so you can fine tune it to your way as well. Okay, so let's start with number one. So the first one is setting goals using research. Okay, so again, from the pitfall I mentioned of making sure you know what you actually want, um, the best way to see it is like this. If you think you want to do something, but there's the word should attached to it, 
forget about it. Okay, just forget it. You may want to do it, but if you, as long as you have a should in there, you're not going to really enjoy the learning process. That is the secret, ladies and gentlemen, to learning absolutely anything is to enjoy and love the learning process because then what can stop you? You know, you're not going to be bored. You get bored sometimes, but you're not going to really be bored of practice because you're enjoying your progress, okay? So take the should out. So how to set goals then, as I mentioned, is you have to do your research first. So to give you an example, let's say you want to be a saxophone player. You want to learn to play the saxophone. You want to be a groovy sax player in a jazz club, just absolutely blowing everyone away. Great. So if you, if you even had that in mind, I mean, I just got that off the top of my head, but if you had that in mind, write that down, first of all, because that is a long-term goal. You want to be, you know, playing in clubs and you want to play a certain style of music in mind or something like that. You don't have to start with a long-term goal, okay? You, you, but the important thing is, if you have any idea of what you want to achieve, write it down. It doesn't matter how small or big it is, just write, just get your paper and write it all down. So what I might do, for example, so I say, right, I want to be a sax player and I am a musician already, so I have a bit more research, but I'd go, okay, so, you know, the the, the normal way I would learn to play an instrument uh, when I first started playing instruments is to look into tutors in the area. So I might Google like sax players in my location, or even if I want to teach myself, I might start with, okay, I need to I need to buy a saxophone um, or rent one somehow, and then I need to go on YouTube and find basics and things like that and tips. You, you do all this research, and a lot of this comes naturally anyway, but what you start to do is you get a lot of information that just comes in chunks. So once you have those that big chunk of information and the little chunks alongside it of things you might want to read later or whatever you have, it's time to put it into a list. Okay, so that is the very first thing. doesn't matter what order it's in right now, but the very first thing to do is to get a list. Now, I use something called Evernote, which is a online app, like note-taking app, which is uh, cloud-based, so you can... I've got an Evernote app on... Evernote app even, not an Evernote nap, Evernote app on my phone where I can, if I suddenly have an idea for something, I just write it down and then I can go on the computer, log into my account and it's it's got the same writing on there. It's got all everything I've recorded on my phone records to, uh, I can log into my account on my computer and vice versa. So I recommend using something, there's loads of productivity and note-taking apps out there. I recommend Evernote though, it's helped me. So get that all down into a list and then what you need to do is to sort that list. Uh, how do you know what's, you know, how, how do you know what to do first and how do you know what you don't need to do at all and what might be completely useless? And you can use a technique for that called the Eisenhower Matrix. You could just simply Google this. You can Google image and you'll see a little square. It's a two by two grid matrix and it's a productivity tip. It's, it's, a, it's a tool you use to find your important and urgent tasks from your non-important and non-urgent tasks and all those in between and that's how you can sort of order that so and you can use this not only for just learning a side project you can do this in your career or any any like family life or any kind of any anything that you need to set goals for really so it works a bit like this if you google the eisenhower matrix and have a look at it um you'll be able to see what i'm talking about here so it's it's a um two by two square so there's four parts, so there's two squares at the top and two at the bottom. On one axis, you'll have not important and important. And on the, t on the other axis, you'll have urgent and not urgent. And they kind of correlate together. So for example, you'll have a square that fits into important and urgent. 
and then the square next to it is important but not urgent. And on the bottom, you'll have a not important but urgent, and then you'll have a not urgent and not important. So let's start with the with playing saxophone. Now, bear in mind I use words important and urgent, which might sound a little bit silly when you're talking about learning an instrument, but um, take it more of just priorities, really. So again, you learn to play the sax, the very first thing you need is a saxophone itself. Like, you can't really learn without one because you need to learn how to play it. Of course, you can look up theory and you can watch videos and get an idea, but that's that's your very first point, isn't it? Is to get, get the darn instrument. So that would come under the important and urgent, which means, and the square is called do. So you that is just your top list, really, is to get that. Okay, so the next square would be what's important but not urgent right now. So one of those is how to clean out the inside of your saxophone after extended use. It's very important to do that, but it's not particularly urgent considering you would have just started. So that you put into plan. That's the next square name. It's planning. So you you find um, once you once you kind of know your stuff, you then plan for when you're going to start doing that because it's something that you need to maintain. Um, as anything else that needs maintaining, especially instruments, <laughs> expensive. So um, you plan for that. The next square is things that are not important, but they're urgent. Now, as sad as this sounds, um, this could be something like your grandmother coming to your to your house while you're trying to learn. So, of course, it's a family member, it's urgent, but it's not important to the goal, to the task, you know. It's not saying your grandma's not important, it's saying to the specific task at hand, it's it's not important, is it? So, it's the the way to do that is to delegate. Now, delegation means you um you kind of put it on somebody else in a way. So, you might have someone in your household and you go, "Could you get the door? It's it's grandma, you know. It's uh I don't know where I get these examples from. I don't know why like I could have thought of about a million different professional or even better examples than your grandma coming to the door and you're trying to play saxophone, but um that's the best I can come up with right now, folks. So, you'll just have to bear with me. But um you get the idea. As long as you get the idea, that's the main thing. So that's an example of a task that can be delegated to somebody else because it's urgent, it needs doing, but it's not important to your task right now, what you're trying to do. Finally, you're going to come across not urgent and not important tasks. And these, again, might be common sense, but things like watching TV, just mindlessly surfing the web or Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, just mindlessly scrolling. You know, we all do it. I mean, it's it's sometimes we, we don't even realise we're doing it. But again, no urgency there, not important. So eliminate. That's that last square. Just get rid of it. it it's, it's not needed. So I think by every single goal you make, that's how you prioritise them. So you, you would prioritize them in order. So, of course, throughout your day, and this could be, this is, I mean, you could argue this is used in your general day structure. You know, if you're trying to learn to play the sax, then, you know, things can come up. You know, it's very, very important to get a sax and to find a tutor. Um, not so important to focus on certain scales or things like that. Like, it's very easy, especially, it's probably a better example, actually, as learning an instrument, it's, it's very, very easy to, you know, run before you can walk 
and start learning scale jazz scales or um, certain patterns that is just beyond a beginner's reach at first which is something you can go back to but it's not important right now so that's probably a better example for me to use so it's just input so for example like I would probably put priority order as buying a saxophone, finding a teacher, or if you want to be self-taught, finding a good kind of structure of um, YouTube videos or something like that. Then it's um, then going from that, I would look to plan. So that that first one was do. I need to buy a saxophone and I need to learn this kind of schedule. The uh, the next square is the important but not urgent square. So I'd put this under like learning to maintain your saxophone. I mean. Some might say that's urgent, but in my opinion, learning to play, I think just learning is the first thing. But I will eventually plan to learn how to do all that. So that is the plan square. Next one is not important, but it's urgent. So granny comes to the door, you might, and what you do, you delegate that to somebody else. You just say, look, I'm, 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 put, I'm just kind of right in the middle of this right now. Could you get that for me? And if there's nobody there, you might just have to drop your saxophone, not drop your saxophone, but you might have to put your saxophone down and, you know, have a chat with a good old granny, I'm afraid. Um, and then finally, you've got the not important and not urgent, scrolling through Facebook, you know, watching Netflix series that, yes, it's good to switch off, but I'm talking in the middle of your learning time, get rid of that. So that's an example of how you can plan that. Okay, so the next tip is a key one. So you've you've got your goals all sorted into priorities. The next one is absolutely key. And this, for anyone who doesn't know this technique, this could change your life right here. Breaking your tasks into smaller pieces. Doesn't sound very exciting. Probably sounds like you're still in school somewhere, but um, this is absolutely key, actually. Have you ever just sat there, um, you sit, I know, you, you sit up at like 10 in the morning and you're ready to do a whole day as a day of work and you know what you need to get on with. But for some reason, because you know what there's a whole day there, you naturally, without even realising, you just go off and just go for, get multiple glasses, like mugs of tea or coffee, or you just, you know, you just take a wander around or you just you're surfing the internet before you know it and and it's why do we do that it's because we know we've got all day and it's when we have that kind of time stretch in our mind that we know we've got hours of doing the same thing it gets very very encumbersome in our brains so I'm going to teach you a little technique that you can use and this was in, developed in the 80s I've mentioned it on another episode but I'll mention it here obviously because talking about productivity this was a life changer for me once I learned this technique I was able to fit pretty much everything I wanted to do in a week within reason. So what is the Pomodoro technique? It's a time management technique. That's all it is. It's a method developed by a gentleman called Francesco Chirillo. I, Chirillo, Chirillo, I think. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, in the 80s. So what it does, it all it does is just breaks down work into regular intervals. It's traditionally 25 minutes in length followed by short breaks. So this is how you might do a day using this t technique. So before you'd have your go you'd have your goals, you'd have your tasks, and you just spend the day doing them willy nilly. You know, you just you just get on with it, and it would just be maybe as some days will be productive, maybe some days are not. You know, it all depends. So let's so let's introduce this Pomodoro technique. So you have a little timer now. There's loads of apps on even just on the desktop. You type in Pomodoro timer, and you'll come across one. Um, and you can just use it online or you can actually buy the little tomato timers uh, or egg timers whichever you decide to use uh, obviously doesn't matter but um, if you're 
listening to this now and in a position where you need to get something done, I would just try this for your next task whenever you're doing it. So again, so the first thing you do is you, from your list of goals, you find out the goal you want to achieve or the task you want to achieve. Simple as that. You just write down what it is you're going to achieve or just have it in your head at least. Then you set the timer for 25 minutes and you're off. You, you, you start the timer and you just work on that task and that task only until the timer rings. Um, and then if any distractions come in or if, if, if there's something, oh, I need to remember to do that, don't go off task. All you do is just write it down somewhere. I might keep sometimes keep a notepad or a sticky note on my computer or I might have a notepad next to me and I'll just write down what I need to do once the timer's over. But you just stick to that task and that task only for that 25 minutes. Now, once the timer rings, it goes off. You step away and you take a break for about five minutes. If you're working like on a computer, for example, I would stand up, I'd go get a coffee or I'd go get a tea or a water or something. Just get away from it for like five minutes if you can. So once the five minutes is up, you set it for you set the timer for 25 minutes again and then you start it and you just carry on working on the same task. So you repeat that process four times usually and every time you finish a Pomodoro, which is a 25-minute segment, you put a check mark on a piece of paper or a notepad or you just track how many you've done. Once you've finished the fourth one, so the final one, you then take your 15-30 minute break. I tend to find that working in the morning, especially if you're working in the job, uh, you do a morning of, of Pomodoros, it tends to naturally lead up to about lunchtime, which is perfect because you take minimum 15-30 minutes to have a break. Um, and then once you come back to it, you see what your goal was in the first Pomodoros. You then check what you've done in that time. And then from there, you either set a new task or you set another task based on what you've done and you repeat that process throughout the day. So how does this work? Because surely all you're doing is doing the exact same thing, but you're just splitting it up. Like, what difference does it make? I shall tell thee the difference. The difference is that your brain suddenly realizes that all you need to do is just 25 minutes of work. So what tends to happen is you actually work harder and you're way more focused because you know you're going to get a break in 25 minutes. And it's incredible how effective this is on productivity. So again, that's going back to one of my original points of this whole episode today was working smarter, not harder. You know, you're not trying to spend eight hours sat at a computer all day. You're doing 25 minute tasks where you just work on that and you'll you'll find you're a lot more focused. You get a lot more done. In fact, I would say the majority of skills I have learned over the last three years has all been done on the Pomodoro technique. And it's it's been incredible. Like, it's it's because it, again that's that's how I would work I would just procrastinate quite a lot it's very easy to get distracted when you know you've got a day to do things you might suddenly go on Facebook for 30 minutes before you know it but if I know I have an urge to like look at social media or to look up something I want to buy or something I just write it down and then when that five minute break comes you then have a chance to look at it and it works wonders so that's a little technique I would say into improving your productivity um, by by separating and managing your time. It's just time management, really. I'd also like to add to that that you must take those breaks. And trust me, it's very, very tempting to do 25 minutes and you're halfway through something and you hear the ding of the timer and you're like, oh, come on, like I, I could go. You feel like you could go for ages. Take the break anyway. Finish what you're doing. Sometimes, you know, you might be in a situation where you can't stop instantly right there because you'll forget what you're doing. But just finish that small last thing you got to do as long as it doesn't take more than like 
a minute or two to complete and then take the break. But it's important to take the breaks because you'll be surprised actually that when you're so when you're used to doing these 25 minute super product, productive um, moments of time and then you, you say, oh, I can skip a break today, uh, it can get to you. And then all of a sudden you've worked more than you should and then the other bre- the other Pomodoro is it's harder to do. So 25, I use 30 minutes now personally. I, I upped it to 30 minutes. Uh, I tend to, I don't want to go any further than 45 minutes at a time. And uh, knowing how I work, knowing how my brain works, I tend to get a bit too distracted at that point. So I just set it for, I set it for 30 minutes and I know myself and it takes practice. It takes practice for me to know about the 30 minute thing. 30 minutes, I just finish whatever I'm doing at that point and step away, even if I don't want to, and just take that break. And you'll come back a lot fresher and you'll come back and you'll be able to do it more. Um, so I can personally like advocate that if you like. So that's about breaking your task into smaller pieces. The next productivity tip I would give is find any tasks that are repeated quite a lot and automate them. So an example of this is, I don't know, let's say you work with computers and you have to do quite a lot of mouse work, which could simply be achieved with a keyboard shortcut. And if that's the case, learn those keyboard shortcuts. Just to, the slightest pinch of time, again, not going overboard on this, like I've mentioned, um, Some pin, you can make pinches of time throughout your day, which will help you a lot. And you'll end up suddenly having an extra 45 minutes at the end of the day to reply to any emails that you need to do. But um, that is a key thing. Automate your tasks. I'll give you an example of this. In in one of my previous jobs, I tried to take a bit too much on and I realised there was a lot of repetitive tasks where actually I didn't really need to do them. Um, there was another person or other people in the same office I worked in whose um, entire, well, well, part of their jobs anyway, was to do these tasks. So I was able to delegate. I feel a bit bad sometimes for delegating things. I feel like I'm just passing them on. But delegation is in part, is, is very much part of you know, being productive and a healthy business place. And not just in business, it can be anything else where you just need a bit of help. And there are people who are willing just to help you as well. You know, there there are people who are willing to take tasks off you. Um, sometimes they they want they they want more tasks, things like that. So you, of course, common sense have to do it in a professional way and not not you know not pee everybody off in the room. But um, it's about so using delegation. Um, basically finding finding ways to um, amalgamate repetitive tasks into one um, speed up some processes again without going overboard don't feel like you have to I mean typing faster on a computer does help but don't feel that you have to be an absolute whiz and learn all this just so you could just save extra five minutes you know it's, it's not worth it sometimes but if there's any tasks you do that are a bit repetitive Try and find ways to automate and shorten them, just as some examples. So just be careful of repetitive tasks and find short any sh- shortcuts, not to the point where, not like bad shortcuts where you're actually not including things that are important, but working smarter. Delegation, automation, using shortcuts, things like that. Next thing I want to add is don't worry so much about motivation. If you feel unmotivated, do it anyway. Everyone on earth gets unmotivated and uninspired at times we all have those days you know that's completely natural sometimes there are things we just have to do anyway and it is painful but sometimes it's not everything I've mentioned up to this point productivity techniques if you actually have those in place so for example if you wake up morning you can't be bothered to work on this certain thing but you have your list of your goals in um, in place and 
another thing the Pomodoro technique teaches you to do is that you realize everything is just done one, one thing at a time. More often than not, when you're feeling like a lack of motivation, you tend to look on the big picture of the whole project or whatever you're working on like you you're seeing you're taking in everything at once and you think you have to tackle everything at once and it's overwhelming to the point where you just don't do it you know and it's and that's normal it's very very intimidating to to see a huge project and you know just really be put off it and it's hard to even get started when faced with an enormity of such a big task but again just just do if, if you feel like that do everything in the smallest possible way. Now, there's a very overused Confucius quote, which is a thousand miles begins with a single step. I think it's Confucius who wrote that. Um, but it, the reason why it's such a cliche saying and a, a drop fills jar, jar by jar is because it's true. You know, you you get so focused on the big picture and sometimes too focused to the point where you're like, oh, I've got all this work to do today. You see a stack of papers on your desk and you're like, I'm just overwhelmed. I can't be bothered to do it. But as soon as you feel that, forget the big picture and just do small tasks at a time. Do what you feel you can do. And th- there's that little reward system you get. You go, okay, I've done that. Next thing, next thing. Actually, this is not so bad. Before you know, you've done the whole pile of papers. You know, it's um, perspective is key here. You know, just see, see a big see the big picture which is of course useful for the task at hand don't get overwhelmed by it and sometimes there'll be days where you just don't feel like being motivated or anything take that day off you know i mean within reason of course sometimes when you when you're working full time it's not always possible but if you feel you need time off or you're heading towards that burnout stage again refer to my podcast on are you overworking sometimes you just need a bit of a break and again, it's 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 a hard balance sometimes because you can't always tell whether you're just tired that particular morning or whether it's just been built up to, you know, it's creeping up on you, this overworking. So, um, but again, it's all down to knowing yourself. You have to know how you respond to overworking and how you respond to just really being lazy. <laughs> well, not lazy, but, you know, can't be bothered with it. You know, you're just feeling in a lazy mood. That's a better way to put it because, you know, me personally, I don't really believe laziness exists. Um, I think it's more to do with obstacles in the way. No matter how lazy someone could seem, there's always something that they can be worked around. But again, that's a, going off at a tangent. That's for a totally different um, podcast as well. So, main point there is to just break not only break it into your time into smaller tasks smaller chunks um break down if you're feeling overwhelmed unmotivated uninspired break it down into smaller tasks get that pomodoro timer started and just do what you can okay so the final few productivity tips i have um the next one we're going to move on to is multitasking and more specifically don't bloody multitask okay there's a lot all my life I've heard the following and you, you've heard the following statement as well women are better multitaskers men are not so good at it and this whole you know this whole the war of the sexes kind of thing just just forget about that I mean it's we're all human we may we may or may not have our own individual strengths regardless of personality or you know uh, our, our sex or gender or what have you um doesn't really matter that's not really what I'm going for here that's a whole different tangent but because the reason why I'm mentioning multitask in a tip rather than a pitfall is because multitasking 
is something we can do and in some cases it's great you know like if you're cleaning the house while listening to an audiobook you're probably going to get on with that just fine you know occasionally you might have to rewind a couple of times but really it's it's not really a massive problem so there are tasks that we can we can multitask with which are fine but a lot of tasks are just it's just no good to do two at the same time. Have you ever tried to write an email while listening to a podcast or even listening to a piece of music that you really want to get absorbed into? It's not going to happen, you know? You're going to mess up the email and things like that. And the reason, the whole reason I'm mentioning don't do that is because it just takes away that time, you know? The amount of extra time you spend getting rid of errors and doing this because you're trying to do two things at once, it's better if you just did it one at a time. So there are certain times you just don't multitask and you'll know what they are because you try and do them naturally and then you just go, oh, I've totally messed this up or I can't listen to this right now, you know? it's That's what you've got to try not to do. It also zaps mental resources, you know? There's only so much information we can take in a day. So if you're trying to do following all these words in a podcast, for example, writing an email, you all just slow down your work, the quality will suffer, but as I mentioned, it zaps your energy, makes you more tired, and you slow yourself down on future tasks as well. So you just generally just put, you just throw a spanner in the works, so to speak, and you just do that. So um, so how do you stop this multitasking? Um, sometimes multitasking is, you can fall into, sometimes you'll be doing a task and then someone sends you an email all of a sudden or someone calls you and is trying to get you to do something and it's uh, ah, it's all over the place because you're doing that. Um, if do what you can, mute your phone, mute your email or text or whatever you need to do, you know, leaving an email or a text another 30 minutes is before you reply to it, it's not going to be the end of the world unless you have some extremely needy people in your life that need your attention 24-7. Uh, well, the first thing I suggest is to really talk to those people and say that you're a full-grown adult and, you know, you you need time to do what you need to do in the day. And failing that, I think um, those friendships or relationships might need to be reconsidered a little bit because otherwise they will just absolutely suffocate you. So, <laughs> but again, that's a whole other subject. But um, yeah, so again, multitasking, try to avoid it where possible because it does just slow you down. Okay, the next point is sharpen your axe. There's a very famous quote um, attributed to Abraham Lincoln, the former US president, that goes like this. Give me six hours to chop down the tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Now, regardless of whether Abraham Lincoln actually said that, doesn't really matter, of course, but the point of that is if you want to be and stay productive, make sure that you stay sharp on your skills. So again, become more knowledgeable, read up on things every day. If you have a particular craft that you want to try and be more productive at, maybe it'll help to uh, be constantly... I mean, with any craft, you should be constantly looking to learn and improve anyway. That's part of the joy of it. Um, But it's important to just keep on it. You know, keep getting more knowledge, keep researching, keep practicing... Um, And by doing so, you'll be able to make faster and more accurate decisions uh, in general. The next one is also quite important, and it's something that I feel a lot of people miss out on, including myself, is managing your energy, not just your time, your actual energy. So yes, you have your whole goals listed out in order of priorities. You've got your Pomodoro timer technique on point. You're remembering to keep learning. You're remembering to avoid the pitfalls, blah, blah, blah. But all that doesn't really come to anything if you just have no energy in the first place like you physically can't you we've all the time we physically just cannot do something we normally do um 
and that's that's normal. But um, it's important that we know ourselves in this particular category because you know I'm, for example, uh, I'm actually most kind of productive and alert in the mornings just from experience and then usually around well not to be too specific here but between 2 p.m and 4 5 p.m tends to be a bit of a, a bit, bit of a like a, a slow one for me so what I will do is the most intense or the biggest tasks I will schedule for the times I'm most awake so I'll schedule those for the morning in the afternoon I'll just do the little ones that just need finishing off can't always do that sadly sometimes you just do not have the time you have to try and get through them of course that's fine but manage the energy your energy the best you can and if you find you just are so overwhelmed with work that's the time to speak to your bosses that's the time to speak to your colleagues never be afraid to do that by the way it's very 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 normal to be afraid to do that but you know bosses are there to help manage their employees to help them you know they they want the most productivity out of their teams so going to them saying oh this isn't working for me i'd like to make it more productive by doing x y and z they're of course going to be on your side unless you have an absolute tyrant in that case you might need to switch jobs but anyway that's i'm going off a lot of tangents here but <laughs> you kind of get the point um i think it's important to remember that you know we all say that there's there's never enough time to do anything. But remember, you will always have less attention span than time. You know, you, you'll find... I mean, I've, I've done days where sometimes I've done eight hours and I can't remember a single thing I've done. You're just going to get days like that. And that's okay. And on top of that, make sure you give yourself time to recharge. Take those holiday days. Like I used to go into workplaces and see some colleagues of mine and they, they're celebrating the fact they've got to the end of the year, they haven't used a single holiday day. I'm like, are you mad? Like, how could you not take a holiday? But of course, some people just love their work and they don't really feel they need to, which is absolutely fine. But my knowing myself, I have to take that time off. And it's sometimes tempting not to when you've got a lot to do, but you have to give yourself a break. And you have to, again, this is another part of knowing yourself. And it sometimes you kind of have to mess this up a little bit to know what your limits are. Like you kind of have to go through overworking sometimes. Sometimes not. You might be one of the lucky ones who knows like your energy levels from the start. So again, it's, it's time management, but energy management. So just be aware of that. The final productivity tip I want to, to give is something I've heard a lot when I've looked around online at articles and things like that, and again, I only mention this as well because it comes from my own experience, try and get better at saying no. Now, you might have heard this a lot from everybody. Like, especially if you're more of an agreeable person, you tend to hear that a lot from friends looking out for you, and they have good intentions. Like, you might hear things like, no, stand up for yourself, say no, do this kind of thing. Also, you might hear it in a lot of other articles if you read up on other self-help or just general, like, life or psychological things. Saying no, or even in business, saying no is an important tip. So, when it comes to, like, saying no on a life perspective, I will be doing a future podcast more about things like niceness and saying no and the correlation, because there's a lot of toxicity about alpha and beta males. There's a thing among men now where you have to be an alpha and not a beta, which is just something that needs clearing up. Um, and a lot of things about being the nice guy, nice guys finish last and nice girls. It happens to women as well. That's a whole other subject. What I'm going to talk about now is about specifically on productivity. So 
it's so tempting to say yes to a lot of things and not just to other people asking you to do things. It's more for yourself as well. So, for example, I am a type of person who likes to learn a lot of things. I, I want to like be good at a certain, like certain things. I have so many interests in my head. I want to be good at all of them. So what I do is I, contrary to this podcast, what I said earlier, I over plan and I, I try and sk- stick to some ridic- ridiculous calendar that tries to get me learning four things at a time in a week. And it's it just drains your energy that you have to realize there's only so much you can do as a human being. So um, learning to say no to yourself, like I had to learn to say no to myself and just say, look, you know, you're a human being, there's only so much energy you can spend in a day. And if you're listening to this nodding your head saying, yeah, that's exactly what I do. It's it's human, it's it's human to try and want to do these things. If you're ambitious, it just means you're ambitious, you're, you're passionate, and you just want to learn a lot of things. And that's fine. But you just have to manage it. You know, you just have to balance it. And it takes time and it takes experience to manage it for yourself. Because how, as much as I'm giving these tips, how I manage my time and how I manage my expectations might be completely different to how you do it. You might have, you might be able to take on more, you might be able to take on less. But again, it's not about comparing, it's about what you are. So first of all, it's saying no to yourself and it's about knowing what your limits are. Again, like I always say in all these podcasts, it all comes down starting with you. It always starts with you. It starts about what you want, what you know, and just knowing yourself, knowing like what your pet peeves are, knowing what your interests and likes are, knowing how far you can go with things, like things like that. So say no to yourself. Say no to other people. Again, this is quite a social thing. you you might be someone who's more agreeable or more disagreeable if you're more disagreeable you might not necessarily have a problem with saying no in comparison to people who are agreeable um now of course there there's a bad disagreeable and there's a bad agreeable but you might just be on the center there and sometimes you have a hard time saying no to people you feel like you're afraid of conflict and you might say yes to everything and then get overwhelmed so but like i said you have to remember People will always try, like new projects and opportunities crop up all the time. There'll always be people asking you to do one too many things. There's always going to be this coming up. And you might be excited to take on these possibilities. You might be happy to take on things that other people, you might be happy to help out. But the problem is, like I said, you just wind up with too many commitments. And it is hard to say no for most of us. I mean, there's people who are who are just able to say no. And it, it's just a trait. Don't see it as... We shouldn't see this as like a better or worse personality thing. It's just life experience mixed with the self-understanding, mixed with the natural personality of being agreeable or not. So... I also used to be one who would say yes to a lot of things and, and I would have a hard time saying no. But it all came down to this. And it, it's quite simple. It's just boundaries. It's own your own self-boundaries. And you might have boundaries in some places and not in others. For me, it came from I didn't know what exactly I wanted for myself. You know, I was I was younger. I, I, was, I was still young in the workforce and early in the workforce. I didn't really know what I wanted in my career or life or you know, I didn't want, I didn't know how anything would turn out or how I wanted it to turn out. So the problem is I didn't have any kind of want in the sense of just a general consensus for myself to develop any boundaries. So it was like, I just, I just wanted to help people a lot. And I, I kind of naively trusted that people wouldn't try and walk over me, but naturally people do do that. They, they do. I don't know if that's a human nature thing or just some people are just, <laughs> show a lack of respect, uh, should I say. Um, 
you know, there's going to be people like that. And, you know, it, it's kind of inescapable sometimes. So the, your saving grace really is to know what you want. So you might say, right, I want a job where I start at nine, I leave at five, nothing else. And again, if it's in your contract, that says that's your working hours and you know that. See, it's all part of knowing it. It's knowing yourself, what you want. I want to work nine to five, for example, and I don't want to stay a minute longer because I've got to get home to my family. I've got more important things about the work because we have to live to work, work to live, sorry, not live to work. So know that and really, and sometimes you might say, well, I know that, but I still can't say no, but you have to really know it, like really deep inside know it because sometimes you you tend to be afraid of saying no because you you think you can take it on or you want it. Or it can just simply be a case of you're afraid of conflict. And again, conflict, there's a way of dealing with conflict. Conflict isn't all bad. And conflict is about as natural as anything. And sometimes it's unavoidable. So the steps I would take to, if you're someone who says, um, who doesn't say no enough, and you know it in yourself, not because other people told you to, only because you feel like you've been disrespected or walked over or you feel like you've taken too much on. You have every right to say no and live life how you want. And you want if you have people who don't support what you want, what why are you there? That's that's the thing. And it's very it's it's I'm making it sound so easy, but this took me years to learn. It took me so long to learn. And even now, sometimes I struggle to say no to some things. You're only human, you know. Not everybody has this concrete, I'm saying no to this. I, I believe, you know, some people are just, uh, you know, they have more experience with saying no than others. And that's what it is. It's a practice. You know, you have to learn to say no to these things that people try and put on you. So that's the thing. Just understand that you are as worth it and as important as everybody else and that you have every right to say no in the workplace, at home, with partners, with parents, whatever we you may choose. If you are really out, if you just feel, no, I don't want to do this, don't feel inclined to say yes, because you have every right to say no. Okay, so in conclusion, um, so when you sometimes you look at people who are productive, or you might hear friends that do 30 million things, and you think, they're just magicians or robots. But um, to quote, I'm not sure who said this, but the most efficient people aren't necessarily brilliant, they've just found strategies to beat procrastination. So of course, procrastination is quite a big part of this, although I've not specifically used that word. It's something that's been a theme alongside this. You know, it's being, I've said things like can't be bothered and things like that. So it comes, productivity just comes down to four main things. Managing your time well, making better goals. You could, you could even say to-do list if you like, but it's goals and priorities. You have goals that are specific don't you don't reach too far in the long term you you have short goals that are attainable that give you that little reward each time um take care of yourself as well i mean that's again whole reason i have this podcast and website you have to take care of yourself and it's very easy easy to neglect that you know it's just it's it's just about knowing that you matter and then four just be proactive you know like um, sharpen your skills so you can make things faster, automate your tasks, anything you can do to do that. And I would say my final tip is don't worry so much about being productive. I only started being the most productive when I just knew what I wanted and I just managed my time and learned how to take breaks and look after myself. Once you have that down, then productivity is almost like a byproduct of that. So that's how you do that. Okay, thank you again for listening. Um, I hope that helps you be a little bit more productive. Um, a couple of techniques I use, well, a lot, of, if not 
well, all of them I use myself. I don't know why I'm saying some of them. I I use all of them really, um, in my life. The the um, the Eisenhower Matrix is something that's quite new to me actually, and it's something I wish I knew before because that would have saved me a lot of time because you just sort out your tasks by urgency and what you really need to know. And sometimes even for like a job description, sometimes it works for it works for everything. Like you can say job description, what you need, what you don't necessarily need, and then you can train on things based on that if you want to start a new career, for example. Like there's there's all sorts of ways you can put that into it. Um, but yeah, hopefully they help. And again. I release these uh, podcasts twice a week at the moment uh, during lockdown. Um, I have a bit more time, but I'm not feeling any pressure to use it. I'm just doing it because I want to do it. So <laughs> just rem- um, I'm just remembering that. And sometimes you do have to remind yourself as well. All right, everyone will take care. And um, until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. Please visit the website, theselfhelpplace.com for more information.